Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you're here. Thanks for choosing the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Your quest for podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained ends here. We invite you to enjoy all our shows we have on this network. And right now, let's Let's start start with with Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. On our episode today, we are going to be talking about Do Dead People Watch Us Shower? Now, I know that's a funny title, it's a very real question. I know in my journey of exploration in the afterlife, that was actually a question that came up in my mind. There was a moment that I had gathered enough evidence that I believed really wholeheartedly that the afterlife was real, but I needed to be pushed over the edge and have the experience be a little bit more personal. And on a previous episode, I talked to you about my experience collecting electronic voice phenomena. But on that particular evening, as I was sitting in a retreat center in upstate New York, rain was falling on the cabin. I was in a small cabin all by myself. I held out my digital tape recorder. This was over the weekend when I was taking a course in EVP. And I remember just saying out loud, imagining my grandparents at the foot of the bed and my aunt and uncle, if you guys are real and I'm meant to tell people about the truth of the afterlife. I said, I need you to really try to talk loud and then I'll say goodnight. And then I let it record for just about a minute, just let it record the sound of raindrops and then I said goodnight. And of course, when I played back my recording, there about second number 46 on the counter was a man's voice that said, goodnight, Sandra. And two women whispered, goodnight, goodnight. And then a man's voice saying, goodnight. So that moment still gives me goosebumps. I've got goosebumps right now. In that moment that I heard not only the voices, but my name being said, it dawned on me that what we think is heaven out there in the clouds somewhere is actually very much closer. So I went to bed that night, yes, excited to hear the voices, But on another level, I felt vulnerable and a little scared. And it hit me, 
are people all around me all the time, and I just can't see them. So I was a little bit freaked out, I have to be honest with you, because just like the book title, (laughs) Do Dead People Watch You Shower? And why I say book title is it was after that trip that I wanted to get an answer to my question. And there's a book called Do Dead People Watch You Shower? And other questions you've been all but dying to ask a medium by a very famous medium. Her name is Conchetta Bertoldi. I was on her website this morning, and it just brought a smile to my face because since she's written that book, of course, she's super famous. She's one of these mediums that you wait two years to get a reading with. But some of her latest books are Do Dead People Walk Their Dogs? (laughs) Inside the Other Side. Here's another one. I kissed a ghost and I liked it. So this lady definitely has a sense of humor. And you can check out her website at conchettabertoldi.com. On this episode, I thought we'd like to address that question. And also, I've got Conchetta's book by my side. You may never get a chance to talk to her, and I may not either. So we can go through it together, see what she says, see what I say. And I know we both have a lot of experience with answering questions about the afterlife. So I hope this episode's already putting a smile on your face, because it certainly is with me. All right, before we get started on the big question, I'm just going to read to you from the back of the book. Conchetta Bertoldi has been communicating with the other sides since childhood. In Do Dead People Watch You Shower, the first ever book of its kind, she exposes the naked truth about the fate and happiness of our late loved ones with no-holds-barred honesty and delightfully wry humor, answering questions that range from the practical to the outrageous. In addition, she shares with us her own intimate secrets, revealing with refreshing candor how her miraculous gift has affected her life, her marriage, her friendships, and her career, as well as the myriad ways she has used it to help others. Conchetta Bertoldi is a full-time medium and consults regularly with members of Britain's royal family, American celebrities, politicians, and others. Her practice has a two-year waiting list. She lives in New Jersey with her husband. So we're going to start with the big question. Do dead people watch us shower? And does grandma know what I like to do in bed? Oh my. (laughs) So Conchetta answers, And let me just remind you, this is humor here. Sure they do. And grandma certainly does know. They see us in the bathroom and they see us in the bedroom. But who cares? They're dead. Who are they going to tell? Now don't freak out. The only thing you need to remember is that they are not in the flesh. They remember the flesh. But it's not of any concern to them anymore. They're not judging us. It's not like they're saying, whoa, she's got a big butt. Or if I were him, I'd shave that. Or holy moly, did you see that? Well, you get the point. The dead are not peeping toms. They don't get any special thrill out of watching. It's not entertainment to them. That's thinking in human terms. They just look at it like human nature, just like we might see two animals going at it and just looking at it as animal nature. We might smile or even laugh, but it's not judgment. We don't expect a couple of dogs or squirrels to be embarrassed when we see what they're doing. Yes, the dead certainly do see us in the shower or lovemaking, but it's just like we might witness an ordinary act of human kindness. We don't judge it. We just smile and think, how beautiful. They're just happy that you are experiencing love or maybe just pleasure. They are happy for you. The dead are not nearly as stuffy about sex as some of us here can be. Hmm. And before you even ask the question, yes, they see all of our secret sneaky behavior. They see us raiding the refrigerator and scarfing down the ice cream and the leftover lasagna when we're supposed to be on our diets. And they see us picking our noses when we can't find a Kleenex. Again, in their eyes, it's just ordinary human behavior. No judgment. They also see us in the operating room and in the classroom and at our holiday tables. 
They enjoy with us all the events we celebrate in our lives, and they also walk us through our sorrows and heartaches. It's a really nice way to answer that from the experience I have had, especially with people who have gotten a glimpse of the other side. There is absolutely no judgment. You know, being here on earth is where we have that ego, you know, what do people think of us? Do they like me? Don't they like me? It's here on earth where we feel embarrassed. When we get there, it is pure love. And remember, they've had a human life and they know what it is to lead it, but there's no judgment. There's only love. And that's great news. I just want to also add that when we migrate to the other side, we continue our soul's journey. So we're busy. We're living our own lives. We're growing. We're experiencing. Some people act as greeters. Some people have jobs. Some people are creating music and artwork. They're only a thought away from us. So please don't be paranoid that your loved one has nothing better to do than just to watch you in all your intimacy. Okay. Here's another question from her book. What happens to us when we die? Conchetta answers, People have fears. They've heard about going into the light, and they want to know, does it hurt walking into the light? Do we lose our memories? Is everything there that we had before? What I've heard from souls on the other side is that when we die, we either leave through our feet or the top of our head. On this side, I've heard of the silver cord that supposedly attaches to life here, but no one over there has ever mentioned this to me. It's hard to describe exactly how we are moving. It's a bit like floating. It's a bit like walking. It's a bit like flying. It's like gravitating towards the light. There's a feeling of anticipation, maybe a little fear, but more anticipation. Nothing at all is forgotten. In fact, whereas now we can remember only some highlights of our past, over there we remember every single moment and detail everything we knew, loved, or experienced. When we die within seconds of entering the light, we experience an all-knowing. We get a fast-forward review of our life and see the whole domino effect of all of our actions. We feel everything we made someone else feel, the joy and the hurt. We see and understand the whole domino effect of all of our actions and every interaction we had with anyone. And we know and understand what our purpose was in this lifetime. There is a period of transition, a time we get to reflect on our lives. I don't feel that this is standardized in any way. It's different from individual to individual. For many, there may be a necessary period of healing any physical or emotional issues, especially forgiving ourselves for anything we did while living that we don't feel proud of or that we may have hurt someone before we are able to interact with this side, the living again. At all times, we are given help in healing what we shoulda, woulda, coulda done in our lives here. Sometimes there is sadness at what we wish we could have done differently. We're encouraged to heal any anger or guilt. But there is also what we think of as physical healing. Even though it's not really physical, it's spiritual I can't tell you how often people who have been sick when they died, maybe even have had missing parts of their bodies, have told me in spirit that they are completely healed and healthy and completely whole. Someone who may have had great difficulty walking or even standing on this side of life will be telling me that over there she is dancing. The true beauty of the light is that it is total harmony. Here, we can spend a lifetime in the dark. We don't know what we are doing or the effect we are having. But once we get over there, we get a clear view of what this side is all about. Aren't you looking forward to no aches, no pains, pick the perfect size, height, weight, glasses, no glasses, all those good things. And don't be so hard on yourself. And if there are things that you can take care of here, as you're going to have a life review there, well, we might as well get them taken care of early. With that, we're going to take our first break. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. For the past 30 years, care heating and cooling 
put you first. You are the reason they are open seven days a week. You are why they make it easy to schedule service at careheatingandcooling.com. Concern for your safety is why they check every gas furnace for carbon monoxide. It's because of you that their technicians are paid to fix your furnace and air conditioner, not sell you a new one. And if you do need a new furnace, their team will make sure you get exactly what you need at a cost that fits your budget. Care Heating and Cooling is committed to doing business right. Call them at 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I am accompanied by the book, Do Dead People Watch You Shower? by Conchetta Bertoldi. And we're answering some questions that may be a little different that you never thought to ask about the afterlife. So here's one from the book. Do the dead know things about our pasts that they couldn't have known while they were alive? And Conchetta writes, they know everything. When they cross over, they become omniscient, all-knowing. They know all of our thoughts and impulses. Even things they didn't understand before, they now see clearly. It is revealed to them why things happen exactly the way they did. Once we cross, we completely understand, for example, why our mates behaved the way they did, what their mission was, how it was related to ours, everything behind anything that didn't make sense to us before. Any skeletons in the family closet that might have been hidden from us, we will know about. I recall a reading I was doing for a woman and her son came through. I don't recall if I was told the circumstances, but he crossed before his mother. He told his mother that he knew the person he'd always known here as his uncle was really his father. But he wasn't accusing his mom. He told her he understood why she couldn't say anything about it why she had to keep this hidden, what it would have done to their family if anyone had known it. Now, I mostly agree with Conchetta, but I'm not sure they are like God and know everything. I have heard from many sources that they can certainly find out what they don't know. There's a place called the Halls of Learning or the Halls of Knowledge where 
every bit of information about the universe is held, and we continue to grow and learn. What I do agree with is the compassion they have. When they were an active player in life with you, and there might have been some kind of a disagreement, they're able to see a more worldly view or universal view, if you will, about how you behaved, how they behaved. They will see the consequences of their actions. They will see how their words made you feel. They will understand your perspective from a different angle and have complete compassion. So those days that we get to see them again, and we will when we cross over, all that will be there is compassion and love. You'll understand from each other's perspectives why you behaved the way you did, and the relationship will continue. One more thing I want to say on this. I know Grief and the death of a loved one, especially a parent, can rip apart some relationships that we have. And for anyone here listening that maybe no longer has a relationship with a family member or someone very close to them, please know that I believe everything will work out in the long run. Now, does that mean it'll work out here on earth? Oh my gosh, I hope so. We can certainly send our prayers, our positive thoughts. But someone very wise once said to me that relationships are like a circle. At the top of the circle, you may go in opposite directions, but at the bottom of the circle, you come back together again. So while I hope personally that our relationships mend and we do everything we can do while we're here on the earth plane, sometimes I think that certain people are certain players in our lives so that we learn and that we grow and that we have to trust that everything will work out in the end. From the movie, The Marigold Hotel, if it hasn't worked out, it isn't the end. So if you're going through this, I feel for you because I have that going on in my life as well. Keep your head held high and do what you know in your heart to be right and true. Let's get on to our next question how does religion work on the other side? And this is what Conchetta says. Once we cross over, there are not different religions. You don't get to the other side and see 18 desks and a dispatcher directing you. Muslims to the left, Jews to the right, Catholics down the hall, second door to the right. She's funny. (laughs) We are all the same when we get to the other side. We are all one. That's not a dozen or two dozen different heavens we go to. It's all the same place. If I'm doing a reading for Mrs. Goldberg, I get an operator. Just a minute, miss. Wait till I connect you with the Jewish heaven. No, it's the same place for you, for me, for people of every color, creed, or religion. God created these religions, and really all of our differences, because he wanted to show us to love one another, despite our differences. And that's not how it worked out so far. I'm sure God is very sad about that. Do I care if there's someone of every race, class, sexual orientation at my barbecue? The only one who would be bothered by that is someone who would not be invited to my barbecue. Now, it's interesting she talks about that. You know, when you look into someone's eyes, they are the window to the soul, and you see their heart, and what should be there is love. We are all the same inside, looking out of these windows, our eyes, and we all have our same fears and worries and doubts. When we are here on earth, it's so easy to feel different and separate, sometimes not smart enough and not good enough. We all have our baggage. When we get over there, though, all we see is love. And I think, wouldn't it be nice if we could start practicing that right here, right now. I had taken a course once and we had to partner with a stranger and literally for 20 minutes stand very close in the personal zone, looking eye to eye with that person. And at first you start to giggle and you feel uncomfortable. And after some time, there's just this peace and you surrender that you really are looking at another beautiful soul So anytime you think somebody's a little bit different, they're beautiful, they're special, just like you are. In the afterlife, we will know that, but I think we can accept it here. And the other thing I wanted to mention about religion, and this is my own perspective, is that there can't be one religion for all people of the earth. We're just too different. But like lamps, there could be so many different styles of lamps, right? But the light remains the same. 
So think about that. Okay, next question. Who are our guardian angels and do we meet them when we die? And Conchetta says, we see all of our loved ones and even will recognize others who we didn't even know here on this side, who have been with us before and who were helping us during our lives from the other side. These are our guardian angels. Once we heal our lives, we're ready to start work again. Whereas before we had guardian angels, when we cross over, we can become guardian angels. We are given jobs. Maybe we are even sent to give some guidance. We guide souls on this side to make good choices. Some of us, when we are there and understand all the ripple effects of things we've done, we have a hard time forgiving our behavior here. So some souls have the job of helping us forgive ourselves. The next question follows right along. What is the difference between angels, spirits, souls, and guardians? These are really false distinctions, Conchetta says. A soul is a spirit, is an angel, and is a guardian. They are all just different terms for the same thing. Even if an angel or soul or spirit isn't right at that moment pulling us out of the path of an oncoming car, it's still a guardian, still looking out for us. What I find interesting and fascinating is to know that there are guardians or spirit friends or guides that have signed up to be with us for our entire life. Some have said we have a main spirit guide who was with us before we came into this life and will be one of the first we see when we transition to the other side. And then during our life, different guides come and go, depending on what we have need for. So if you start a new job and say you get a job as an auto mechanic, one of your guides could be giving you thoughts and impressions and instructions about how to work. So when we go over there, what is it that you're passionate about here on earth? Maybe you will be a guide for someone else. Our guides are friends. They are with us. They hear us. They talk to us. It sounds like our own voice, but sometimes, and you do this, listen in if you ask a question and all of a sudden the answer comes into your mind. They do use our own voice, which trick us to make us think that it's just us. But this is how they communicate. Listen for their love. Listen for new thoughts that come into your mind. Pay attention to new ideas and gut feelings. It may just be one of these divine beings there to help you. Next question. Can the dead help us find things? Conchetta says, if you ask them to, they will help you. Otherwise, I think they may like watching us go crazy, turning the house upside down when we misplace something. My husband, John, lost his keys once and he looked everywhere for them. John, being John, did not ask for help. After a month, he said to me again, I still can't find those keys anywhere. So I asked his father, who is deceased? Leo, where are John's keys? Here I should mention that we live in the middle of the woods on a very large property, and it was the dead of winter when my husband finally sort of asked for help. By this time, there was a layer of dead leaves and a fresh coat of snow over everything. Leo directed me to the exact spot on our property and told me to bend down and clear away the snow and the leaves. And the keys were there. As God is my witness, I did exactly that. I didn't have to try here and there. I didn't have to brush away a big area. I bent down one time in one place and the keys were right there. I called John at work to tell him that with his father's help, I had found his keys. I said, Now do you believe me? Now are you impressed? And he responded in true John fashion, Yes, I'm impressed, but I'll be even more impressed when you go out there with my father and ask him to show you where the million dollars is buried. (laughs) I've got a quick personal story for you. I have a very favorite set of gold earrings. In fact, I'm wearing them right now. One day, I dropped an earring. I searched everywhere for it. And I couldn't find it. And then I started imagining, could I have lost it in the bathroom? Of course, I take apart the sink. Well, the one remaining earring that I had, I put in a little pocket in my suitcase, just for safekeeping. 
The next time I went in that little pocket of the suitcase, both earrings were there. So it happens when you ask for help, because I certainly did. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'm having a little fun today going through the book, Do Dead People Watch You Shower? by Conchetta Bertoldi. Now, it's chock full of questions. I'm probably only going to get to a handful of them on our episode, so I encourage you to find a copy of the book. It's playful, it's fun, but she's been a medium a long time, so she's got some pretty good things to say. All right, here we go. We're on page 71. What is it like on the other side? Is the other side actually a place? Conchetta says, well, it isn't physical. So to call it a place probably isn't accurate. It's more like a state or a condition. It's paradise. It's like here, except that it has a completely different quality to it. It's difficult to explain, but try to think of the worst thing anyone ever did to you in your whole life. How bitter are you about that? How you might still, deep down, hate that person who hurt you so badly. On that other side, that intense feeling of bitterness is completely gone. I have heard this over and over and over again from spirits. It's really unbelievable. It just doesn't exist. All is forgiveness. All is love. 
The other side, of course, is not physical, but it does have many attributes that can seem physical. From what I have heard, anything we want to have is also there, only more beautiful, more pure, more vibrant, somehow more real than we know as reality, even though our assumption would be that when comparing physical versus spiritual, physical world would be more real. I've heard that there are plants and gardens just like here, only the colors are more intense. Our pets run around free, and we never have to worry about them being hit by a car. I've never seen one, but I've heard about grand cathedrals of crystal and light. I know that there are many levels, and since we do retain our personalities, we will naturally gravitate to one area or another, and likely our experiences will be different. The first time my father came to me after he crossed over, I asked him what it is like on the other side. He told me that he and my brother Harold went for long rides at the mountains. This implies to me that he sees the mountains and he feels the mountains. There is no question in my mind that they have the ability to do that. I don't know how, because I am limited, but I do know that God is so great and so grand that it would not surprise me that he would give the souls that cross back home the rewards they deserve. Well, I've done a lot of research on what they do in the afterlife, and when we first arrive, it is a land of familiarity. It is comfortable. It's something we recognize. We don't go to some far-off place that we wouldn't feel comfortable. It's made to feel very comfortable, like we have right here. Hopefully not the bugs, but our loved ones are there to join us. We see them, we feel them, we can hug them. Although we don't have physical bodies, we do have spiritual bodies. We can change these bodies. Like I said before, we can be in our best health, our best age, but we can create through thought where we want to live, what we want to have. There's some really joyful stories of some of the businesses people create there. A lot of people want to get to work on things that they have not accomplished while they were on the earth. So someone single, like myself, who may never get married, I don't know, will have the opportunity for true love, living happily ever after. Or if you've always wanted to write poetry or paint or learn to fly airplanes, you get the opportunity to do that over there. Next question. Is there any color on the other side? Conchetta says, yes, there certainly is color and it is brilliant. They say we have true beauty on this side of creation, but this is nothing compared to what's on the other side. To understand what that might be, just remember we have had a hand in things on this side. God creates it and we destroy it. We pollute it. We litter it. We bulldoze forests or we ruin rich farmland. And then we have climate changes and dust bowls and floods. We have the loss of entire species of creatures and all sorts of other consequences that destroy the original perfection. We do have heaven on earth here if we just let it be that, but we don't. Just imagine if we could see the world as is from above without people messing it up. And you might have some sense of the brilliance of the other side. I think this may not have answered your question, but I feel better getting it off my chest, she says. I have heard that there are colors that we have never seen with our eyes. And that's hard to believe because, of course, we have the Roy G. Biv (laughs) color spectrum When you think of there's things that animals can see and insects can see that we cannot, why not have other colors that are foreign to our earthly eyes, but we will see over there. There's also music that we've never perceived in so many other things. It will be joyful once we get there for sure. But let's stay here and use up everything we can as a human being, because I do believe with all my heart Being here on earth, we're supposed to go after new things and new experiences and meet new people. And so when we all meet back up on the other side, we can share our vast knowledge of experiences and stories. Here's a cute question. Is it crowded on the other side? Do we have to wait in line? (laughs) 
Conchetta says, no, there is never a space problem over there. It's paradise. It's perfection. Plenty of parking for everyone. Everyone has a big apartment or house. No lines in the grocery store or waiting to get a lane at the bowling alley. How could it be paradise otherwise? Nobody has to leave to make room for anyone else. We are all pure energy. The other side is a dimension of pure energy. Space, in the terms of we think of it, is virtually meaningless there. And it's interesting because energy cannot be destroyed, right? We've heard that before. If you take a puddle and it evaporates, well, it just changes form into vapor and maybe into a cloud and maybe it'll come down as rain on another day. Just like a log can burn, it turns into fire, flame, heat, and off it goes. We cannot be destroyed either. And something that I find really interesting is more than one form of energy can be in one place at one time. So wherever you are right now, chances are there's lots of other energy going on around you. There could be a oh, microwave oven at work. There could be radio waves and television signals and GPS signals and could be air or wind and music and light. These are all different forms of energy. And I love the term hereafter because I totally believe that we living on earth are part of their world. It is right here just after our human life. So I would agree, we do not have to wait in line when we're over there. There's plenty of room for all. Next question, are there souls who get stuck in limbo? How can a soul get out of limbo? Conchetta says, as I understand it, limbo is a state of frustration due to not understanding. A soul does not understand what is expected of it what it has done wrong and cannot go forward and can't get to the next level in its spiritual development. To escape limbo, the soul must be willing to listen to and heed the spirit master or guide, like a guidance counselor. For example, maybe a kid thought it would be a good joke to get all the students out of class by setting off the fire alarm. He's reported and he's expelled from school. But he just thought it would be funny. No big deal. He doesn't understand why he's in trouble. So the guidance counselor maybe gives him an example of why his actions weren't quite right. Then the kid gets it. He has an understanding, realizes what he did was wrong, even if he didn't intend anything bad by it. He can apologize and get back into class. But if he doesn't get the understanding and he's let back into class, he may do the same thing over again or something worse. But with understanding, he's able to move on. In spiritual terms, it's the same thing. We can't get to the next level without gaining the understanding of the level we're on. Once we do, we're given a new chance, a new mission that can set us off with improved attitude. Well, I may tend to disagree just a little bit with Conchetta on this one. I've studied at the great Arthur Finley College, where really mediumship was born way back in the day. And all the best in all the ancient mediums said, you're either here or you're over there. You are not stuck. Now, where the disagreement might come in is say we hold true to, to a belief that there is no afterlife or that we're atheist, and then all of a sudden we're dead. Maybe people come to greet us. Maybe there's a light in a tunnel. We can actually put our foot down, so to speak, and not believe it. We can choose to create the reality we want temporarily while we adjust to the other side. Fear not. There are loving beings, your family members, just waiting and giving you the little nudge to say, you know what? Come out and play with us. It's safe. You're alive and you're okay. So I don't really believe there's much healing, if any, to be done like that. You are welcomed with open arms and loved. All right, next question. Quick and easy. Can the dead talk with one another? Conchetta says, yes, definitely. Not talk exactly. Language is irrelevant. They communicate by thought, telepathically. Thought is universal. If you're thinking, I'm hungry, that thought is the same no matter what language you speak. 
over there, spirits talk in heavenly instant messages. And so funny because I think we have that power here. You ever know what somebody's going to say just before they say it? I also took a class in remote viewing and we did this amazing project. In fact, I brought it home and shared it with my sister and my niece, Julia. We asked my sister to put a picture in her mind of what she's thinking and really concentrate on it. So my sister was driving the car. She was thinking of this picture. And at the exact same time, my niece, Julia, and I said, a bouquet of a dozen red roses. Well, my sister was so shocked that she had to pull over the car and stop. And she's like, how did you guys do that? And we really have no idea. There is telepathic communication, and we've got it right now. So we'll take our next break, and then we'll see what other questions we can come up with. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. We are here asking some unique questions from the book, Do Dead People Watch You Shower? by Conchetta Bertoldi. Next question, do the dead still retain their five senses? Conchetta says, no. Our five senses are of the body. And of course, the dead are of the spirit. They can't smell or taste anything. But they don't eat anything anymore, so it's not like it's really a loss. It's no big deal. They can't feel anything themselves, but they can touch us. It's not a physical touch like a finger. It's energy, so it feels like a small electric shock. Not strong enough to hurt anyone, but enough to startle you. So what's interesting about this is I've been told by some great sources that they use, or we will use, 
our memory of certain things. Now, if I were to ask you right now to close your eyes and imagine you take a big lemon out of the refrigerator and you can feel how cold it is. And if you see yourself putting it on a cutting board and slicing into it and having a wedge of lemon and you can see all the juices kind of squirting out of it. And if you were to imagine bringing that lemon right to your lips and right to your mouth and taking a big bite, what happens? Chances are you're listening right now and you're salivating because you can taste that lemon and you can see it and you remember how it feels. Same thing holds true in the afterlife. You can eat and drink if you like to, but again, you're remembering the experiences. So while you may want to have a dinner party, you don't technically have to eat. You don't technically have to sleep, but it may be something you're accustomed to doing so you can do it. And as far as the touch goes, I was doing a great meditation yesterday. And we have regular events that we do online, as you may know. I was sitting with my eyes closed as Scott Milligan was leading us through. And it was to be in touch with our loved ones. Now, our loved ones can see us, touch us, hear us, witness what we're doing. But from our point of view, it's very difficult to sense them. So on this specific meditation, we closed our eyes, we relaxed, and quite a some time passed that we were just in the moment. And we called out to our loved one and we imagined them. And I imagined my grandmother stepping close. And it was so interesting because I was flooded with goosebumps, not all over. It started on my right arm, slowly moved into my torso and over to my left arm, almost like she walked right through me. Really interesting. I felt her love. I had memories of things we did together that just appeared out of nowhere. And these are the subtle communications that they give us to let us know that they're right here with us right now. You can listen to the recording of what I'm talking about. If you go to wedontdie.com, click on the store, just scroll down. There's a purple box that says mini intensive with Scott Milligan. It's a great experience to bring in the love from your guides, bring in the love from your loved ones, sit for healing and also sit for your own personal development. So that's what that course was about. I think you'd enjoy it. Next question. Do we still experience depression when we are dead? Conchetta says, not as such, but I do think that even on that side, there can be an experience of sorrow in the soul, at least when we first get there which can come from realizing that we had a chance and screwed it up. Other souls will try to help a given soul get over that. Someone who was an alcoholic on this side and maybe ruined his life and made other people miserable will realize his past mistakes when he crosses over and may be extremely upset about how he lived his life. He'll see all of his errors and all of the pain he caused, and it may take him a little while to get over this. At one of my big shows, I did a reading for a woman who wanted to know whether her ex-husband had even made it to the other side. Clearly, she had thought he might have been relegated to some other place. He did come through. She was pretty surprised when I told her that. In fact, he actually was there, and he was apologizing like crazy, saying that she had been right. I didn't know what he was talking about, although she said she knew. I had the sense that maybe he took bad advice from someone he trusted. It seemed like a family thing. But the understanding I got was that he had treated her very badly, really put her through hell. Over there, he realized the error of what he had done and wanted her to know how sorry he was. So I completely agree. I think once we get over there, we do a review of our life and we see the impact we had on other people. And we can experience it from their perspective, good, bad, and the ugly. So yes, we go through and we see how we treated people and how we made them feel. But we also get to see the ripple effect of the good things that we do. No one judges us. We just look at our own life. And if we have an opportunity to come through a medium, I'm sure we would all say, I'm sorry, if we needed to. 
And let's not forget our pets. Here's a question. Are our pets waiting for us on the other side? Conchetta says, of course they are. Animals are gifts from God. They give us comfort and joy. They sustain us. In all honesty, our pets give us the nearest thing to unconditional love we can know on this side. We need to treat them with respect and never take them for granted. Just like the people who have passed on, who are near to us, you can hear from them. Often when I'm doing a reading, someone on the other side will tell me to tell my client, your dog is here. Sometimes a pet doesn't even wait for you to cross. They come back and visit you on the side. I've heard numerous stories of pets who have been seen in ghost form or heard barking or even felt. My friend Ginger and her partner Wendy were sleeping one night and Ginger was wakened by this feeling of her dog Nino, Giuseppe, jumping all over her and licking her face, just like he used to do when he was a puppy. She knew realistically it couldn't be, so the next morning she said to Wendy, I had this dream last night that Nino was in the bed and jumping all over me and licking my face. And Wendy said, I don't think it was a dream because I felt the same thing. All right, let's move on to music. Do the dead listen to music? Conchetta says, well, there is a hall of records on the other side, but it's not what it sounds like. It's not some big CD collection, and the angels are not jamming or hip-hopping up there. But there definitely is music. In fact, the other side is the source of music. They channel it to us, to those on this side we think of as composers. They really are a receiving channel. I'm honestly not sure how it works. Obviously, it comes from God. It doesn't originate with a particular soul on the other side, as opposed to a soul on this side. But I don't know what the mechanism is. What I can tell you is that, believe it or not, all music is intended for healing. What can I say? You may hate opera or rap or reggae. You may grimace at jazz or tango music or rock and roll. Classical music may leave you utterly cold, or disco might make you gag, but all souls vibrate with a different frequency. We're not all tuned into the same station, and with music, it truly is a case of different strokes for different folks. What makes one person insane will be music to the ears and healing to the spirit of another. Music has the power to both calm and invigorate us and we don't need to translate it into any other language. It can be appreciated universally. It's magical medicine, and all of it comes from over there. Mozart was a child when he began composing. Beethoven was both blind and deaf and still wrote music that has lasted through the ages. Their compositions were channeled to them, as all music has been channeled through all other musicians in this world. I actually love that response from her. There is a movie called Alive Inside, and it takes Alzheimer's and dementia patients that are pretty much out of it, not responsive to this world. And someone had the idea to put headphones on them and play music from their generation. If you want a movie that'll make you cry in a good way, this is it. By playing that music, it brought them back to life again. Music woke up that part of their brain and their soul and brought their memories flooding back. So as much as you can, play music. If you want to be put in a good mood, play the music from your favorite years. It really is powerful. Let's have another couple questions together. Do the dead feel bad if we never visit them at the cemetery? Conchetta says no, because they are not there. The cemetery is purely for the living so that we have a place to associate with our loved ones. They do hear our thoughts there, but they also hear our thoughts no matter where we are. The funny thing is that they are just as likely to be in the car with us as we are driving to the cemetery. It really isn't necessary to sit next to the gravestone to talk to the spirit who has crossed. Really, living flowers and gifts at the gravesite is meant to provide comfort to the grieving friends and family members. For us, things we place on a grave are symbols of our love, but most likely they would be saying to us, don't waste your money on those flowers, hun. And last, do the souls of our loved ones ever want to come back to us? Are they sorry they left? Conchetta says, I have never had a soul tell me they are sorry they left. 
Maybe they are not entirely happy about the circumstances of their crossing, but that's something different. They don't want those they've left on this side to be upset and grieving their loss so deeply. If they have left someone suffering or left someone feeling guilty, they are sorry for this. Remember, we are not of this physical world. Ultimately, we belong to the larger universe that is God. We are here in the small part of the universe to study and learn and have certain experiences that only the physical world can offer. Dying and being on the other side is like summer vacation. It's a rare child who will say that she wishes to go back to school before September. And likewise, I've never heard a soul express they wish to go back. Once they are on the other side, they understand the journey they've completed. They still love us. Their love lasts through eternity. But on the other side, it's paradise and unlimited. So they don't need to come back into physical form to be with us. With that reminder that our home base is We Don't Die. Dot com. So much to do. Join our Facebook group. Be part of the conversation. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I really, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com. 